0: You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast.
1: Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit.
0: Before we get to the show today, we've got our first real partner, sponsor, Great Lakes Giria. So Giria is the Russian word for kettlebell. They have kettlebells in stock, which I know is a big issue in a lot of places. Really high-quality bells, the Russian hard style that range from as little as 4 kilos up to 96 kilos. Really love the quality. Handles are great. The part that's great is we got you a 5% discount. So if you go to greatlakesgyria.com, if you're here in Canada or in the United States, it's us.greatlakesgyria.com. And use the promo code LIVEWILD at checkout. You'll get 5% off. Um, and in addition to kettlebells, they have barbells. They have squat racks. They have dumbbells, maces, weighted clubs, chin-up bars, whole collection of gear. So uh, don't forget, if you want to get in shape, don't count on the gyms. They keep having new clothes. So set your gym up at home now and save some money on it.
1: Hello, hello. I'm Catherine. I'm Winston. And this is Live Wild Radio. And I'm pretty excited about tonight's episode. It's been a while for us, you know, to sit down and, and record. But uh, we're just going to share with you what's going on in our life. And that's a lot of working out. Yeah. I just finished the 10,000 kettlebell swing challenge.
0: That's true. You did.
1: <laughs> and it worked. And we're going to talk about today, uh, you know, some some fitness training tips that really, really give you the whole what the fuck affect uh you know reaction and so I've been doing this for about so I've been working out with Winston for about five years like training yeah and and before that I knew you when you were when you had the bike shop and you were training me then back then you know cycling and and saw the the effects of that right and that was the only time that I actually worked with a trainer but this past year in particular with COVID being locked down and Having to come up with our own routines, which have been way more effective, um, in particular, I think there's lots to share here. So that's that. So today's episode is all about um, fitness um,
0: game changers. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be one of the things, uh, and uh, uh, there'll probably be a few times I go off on my soapbox <laughs> because. What we run into, um, the fitness industry, right. And it is an industry, um, uh, is so clickbaity, um, that when you actually get like information about actually what will work for you, it seems so simple Mm. that you don't believe it'll work. So then, you know, like, um, so, just a, a few things before we, we get in, um, and this is, I'll get off my soapbox for a minute. Um, number one, if anybody says you're going to get abs in four weeks or six weeks, and you're not already really really lean, they're full of shit, right? Because if you if you there, there's two things to having abs. Obviously, building um, the the rectus abdominis—that's the six-packy muscles on the front of your stomach. And the other is reducing your body fat level to the point you can see them. Um, And if you're fluffy, uh, that's sort of my nice way of calling it. Um, (laughs) And, you know, I'm currently fluffy. I can feel them underneath. Like, they're well-developed. You know, but I've only got half the equation myself. Um, You know, like, the abs are well-developed. There's just too much fluff on top of them. Uh, Then... you know, you're you're gonna basically set yourself up for like a really like a disappointment because it, it it doesn't work like that. Yeah, you didn't you know add body fat overnight.
1: Yeah, we know we know that.
0: Yeah, yeah. well, but the thing is, when when we say we know that, um, I think the problem is people are uh,
1: too impatient.
0: Well, it, it, there's that, but but they're they're. Um, given an expectation that the impatience is worthwhile mm-hmm. or, or is reasonable, right? Um, you know, but, but the fact is, is that, you know, when we'll talk about your results in the last month. Mm-hmm. Um, they're pretty substantial.
2: Yeah.
1: And
0: you still don't have apps. Right? You're getting yeah. there.
1: No, I'm getting there. I'm right. seeing some lines that I've never seen before.
0: Yeah. And not,
1: not the folding rolly lines
0: you know they're they're vertical they're vertical rather than yes yeah because horizontal stripes aren't flattering no yeah so take it away Catherine. you'd yeah
1: yeah i think it's good to, to just talk a bit about our background so i like i just said already um i've been training in the past five years um but and i'm in the best shape today in my life i'm 46 years old i have now reached a weight that I haven't experienced since maybe my early 20s. So it's a long time.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: With way more muscle than you've ever had in your life.
1: Oh, I've never had this much muscle ever.
0: It's pretty cool. Because as you
1: said, when you get to a certain age, like in your 40s, as you get older, um, like I'm experienced, everything is like gains. Like I'm in my best shape. Whereas athletes in their 20s, everything's downhill Yeah, as you age. So um, so that's kind of fun. But... um, Yeah. So that's the kind of experience level I have. And really, I think it could have been accomplished in the first year had we not been, you know, so stuck into the, you know, in the gym. Right. But at the the same time, I was pretty weak and I had some issues with my knees and I was heavy. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's all about learning when you're dealing with free weights, how to train properly and not hurt yourself. So there's a bunch of things going on Yeah, And
0: the thing too is like, uh, when you said you, you've Mm -hmm. made more progress in the last year, yeah right it it comes into the thing of progress at what yeah right because Great. our, our Great question our training when we first started training together five years ago was powerlifting. right we squat we bench we dead deadlift um lots of accessory work so
1: and that it, was maybe three days a week uh, it was body? usually,
0: it was usually, no, because we, we were usually doing an upper lower split. <clears throat> like, you know, we would usually have like a squat sure. day, a deadlift day, you know. Yeah. Um, and we varied it around, right? We did. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, during that period, you put on a lot of muscle mass yeah. and you got way stronger.
1: Yeah, that's a good point because the more muscle mass you have and then later on if you can build it, right?
0: But one of the things you run into is because, you know, In the last year, you made a tangible goal or like because we've written it down and we've got targets and everything is improve your conditioning and lose body fat. Yeah. Right. And so because our training now is structured towards that. Yeah. Whereas our training before we were making progress, but it was getting stronger. Yeah. Um, Now it's kind of a balance.
1: And I will say what I like more about this training program is that they're quicker especially with the every minute on the minute workouts, right? Because they're more so much more volume and you're hitting a bunch of different goals from cardio to some strength building.
0: Muscle building. Endurance,
1: yeah. Whereas before in the gym, we could have been there like easily an hour and a half, maybe two hours by the time you're out of there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a lot of effort time-wise yeah. to be there. And, and I remember both of us saying how our backs were constantly sore. There's a lot more aches and pains, not just from muscle fatigue and soreness, but, no, but joints, joints, right? Well,
0: and that's, that's one of the things I found when I was younger, I could train with heavy barbells much more often. Um, and you know, you'd have sore muscles, <laughs> but my joints didn't hurt. Uh, right. Whereas as I've gotten older, um, that and it's always one of those things the stronger you are the more load there is on the joints because you're lifting heavier weights mm-hmm. right and this is something for people to understand is muscles get stronger way faster than joints do yeah uh, and especially mm-hmm. if it, you're somebody like yourself that's got bunged up knees yeah um they're already you know
1: And I guess that's what happened to my elbow as well when I broke it, right? And now mm-hmm. my hands inflamed after doing doing the kettlebell swings because they're connected, the tendons and the Yeah, muscles. although
0: you were running into the hand issue before that too.
1: Yeah, but that was after the break.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah. Um anyhow. So I think that the kind of training that we did before was just very different. Yep. And, and so the, when we were talking about the aches and pains, you know, just down your back, just on the each side of your spine.
0: Yeah, spinal but, erectors.
1: Yeah. Like even when I was not just even doing power lifting, but even yoga.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When I was doing that, I don't know, three days a week and it was like a power yoga. Yeah. You'd think it'd be gentle and your back would be lovely, but no. I always felt that then too. So there was something going on. I think it was my maybe my glute muscles not being strong enough. Well, it's, it's a combination of uh,
0: glutes and core.
1: Yeah, where what we're doing now by far is very effective for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what we did too is that we were gearing or targeting our our workouts to focus on strength training my glutes, to because I was lacking there. Yeah. Right. So I think that that's what kind of started that when we were in the gym. And as we got here, we kept thinking, hey, glue, glue, glue. what can we do there? You know, aside from the fact that we ran out of space, um, being in the apartment. Mm-hmm. So you have to minimize and get more creative. Yeah but um let's just get right to it though or before we do let's talk about your background because that's my background as far as fitness and training and I'm I'm so I am a bit of your project as mm-hmm. you say you call me you say you're the sculptor and you love just seeing all these improvements because yeah. I've lost over 40 pounds mm-hmm. in five years I've gotten stronger and and you can see it
0: yeah um
1: so your background how long have you been working out
0: uh since I was 12. How old are you now? I just turned 50 this year. <laughs> you know? Um, so not, not to say that I always knew what I was doing when I was working out. Yeah. Um, but I was always a nerd. So I was always reading up on things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then, you know, obviously, like a lot of people, was uh, like an athlete in high school. So I played football. I wrestled. I uh Um, did some judo, I played rugby, anything that would allowed me to hit people without getting in (laughs) trouble, I was a big fan of, um, took a lot of beating, you know? Um, but, uh, then things like hiking, mountain biking, rock climbing were kind of the, uh, things I really got into as an adult, Mm -hmm. um, and sprinkled in there, um, jujitsu, uh, you know, which again beat the shit out of me. <laughs> um, so, training for me for a long time was a way to optimize performance. Um, and then uh, in my mid 20s, I started coaching people. Um, so,
1: how did you get into that? Was uh, it you just fell into it?
0: Well, it was a case where. Uh, A, I I worked at a bike shop um, Mm -hmm. and subsequently owned that shop. I bought it. Um, And I saw that a lot of people loved to ride, but they had no idea how to get better at it. Mm. Um, And, you know, optimizing human performance has always been... uh, You sound like Ben Greenfield. You know.
1: (laughs) You just don't shine the blue light on your balls. (laughs)
0: It's red light, I think. Uh, it's blue oh because he does the red light therapy he does that too yeah yeah all the lights um but it it was one of those things where where uh endurance training at the time i saw was sort of missing a lot of things Mm. right because it was very like especially cycling had a very sort of traditional base building uh you know so so early season would be lots of easy miles and then you'd race yourself into shape and yada yada mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. um and i that was great if you were you had 20 hours a week got it right but most of the people who um were customers of mine uh were people who had jobs and cycling was their escape and they wanted to be as good as they could at it but they didn't have um, endless time to train. Mm-hmm. right So then basically, uh, I started the, the whole uh, uh, training center in the back of the store, mm-hmm. right So in the wintertime we had weights and we had trainers and power meters and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, essentially it became a lab where mm-hmm. I could experiment yeah right both on myself and on on athletes i worked with it was amazing yeah um and the big thing that i ran into was that uh if you strip down and this goes with everything in life right um the pareto principle which you know if anybody's familiar with it you know uh, they call it the 8020 rule um and it has nothing to do with what <laughs> we apply it to cuz it's uh about Land ownership in Italy in the 1800s, (laughs) you know, 20% of the population owned 80% of the land, right? This is what, you know, an economist discovered. Um, But we we sort of extrapolate that idea out as a concept, which is 20% of what you do gets you 80% of your gains, right? Um, and that you can apply, uh, and it's not a hard and fast rule as far as the 80 and the 20, but that idea of what, uh, is the essentials, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and when you apply that to people who are short of time, um, it's a really effective way to structure training programs. Because if you strip out everything but the essentials, um, and master those, Mm -hmm people get better quickly. (laughs) Um, And, you know, obviously understanding a bit of science about energy systems within the body, Mm -hmm. how muscles contract, um, you know, fast twitch and slow twitch and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, But you run into that simple idea of, um, you know, figuring out what are your 20%. What are the things that are getting you your performance gains? Um, and, you know, by stripping your program down to that, mm-hmm. um, you run into the thing. You got more time to spend with your family. You got more time to rest. Totally. Uh, and one of the one of the nice bonuses we ran into was that we found people's performance went up, too. Yeah. Right. Which is the whole point. And,
1: and that was my experience when I was at your uh, training lab back 12, 15, whatever, how many years ago, was I was there for a month, and uh, in the first month you did a benchmark, you know, yeah. uh, fitness thing. How many, um, you gave me three different things to do, and it took me eight minutes, whatever, and I thought I was gonna puke. A month later I did it at half the time. Mm-hmm. So I knew what was I was doing was working. Now I remember being in your lab, uh, maybe we're be- somewhere between 45 minutes up to an hour and a half yeah. as I got better. Cycling, And that was a combination of cycling and then I guess cross a little training. cross training at the end. Um, but I loved how much it didn't feel like you kicked me in the gut each time or I went home in pain. I think I came there, I was there three days a week mm-hmm. and I got quite a, an amazing amount of results. So for me, that kept me wanting to come back and you were essentially training me, right? Yeah. So, um So that's what we're talking about. So you start off, what's your favorite... Um, training effect like thing tip that really works gives you fast gains.
0: um i think one of the biggest ones is uh escalating density um and we can do that Explain. yeah yeah so that basically it's doing more in the same amount of time mm. right and so you can do that in a systematic way right which is what you're doing right now Because, Catherine, I've got a program to doing an every minute on the minute workout, which means we've got a beeper. It beeps every minute. Um, It beeps. You do a set. Whatever time is left in that minute is your recovery. And the next time it beeps, you do another set. Mm -hmm. Um, And where the escalating density comes in is first week you did 10 reps. Right. And then the next week you do 11 reps. Yeah. Right. So, The time hasn't gotten any longer. You're just fitting more work in it. Yeah. Right? Another way to do it is auto-regulated. So we just put, you know, 10 minutes on the clock and we'll pick kettlebell swings, for instance. Um, Get as many sets of 10 as you can in that time period. Got it. Right? So let's say the first time you do it, you get 10 sets. Mm -hmm. Right? And then a, a week later, you get 11 sets right? The week after that, you get 11 sets and halfway through another one, right? So as your fitness improves, then you're auto-regulating. Um, so if you, if you feel that you can do it, you get more. If you're having a bad day, you get a little less, mm. right? So it allows you to, to tailor it.
1: Yeah. I feel like I, I've never done that. I, I feel like I'd rather do the first one, where I just add a rep each week. Mm-hmm. So I'm in my third week, which means I've added two more reps per exercise. And I noticed that yesterday, even doing face pulls, going from 17 to 15, and doing it in a way that's harder than you, how you would normally do it, really started to torch my back. Yeah. You know? And so you've got me doing that for how many weeks? Five or seven?
0: Uh, s- this cycle is five. It's five. Yeah. Okay, and so at what this-
1: point? So it's meant to start off Fairly easy, like not fairly easy, but...
0: But tolerable.
1: Tolerable, but not hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then what you'll run into is, depending on how your body adapts, um, it may finish the same way, even though you're doing more work, because you've adapted to it. Right. You're just doing more work, but Mm. it feels about the same relative intensity.
2: Interesting. You know,
0: but because we don't progress the same pace at every exercise you may run into the thing where certain exercises feel the same as they did at the beginning. Mm -hmm. A couple of other exercises might feel easier, even though you're doing more Right. and other ones feel like death. Right. You know, because that's just sort of the way our body works. It's not like you're going to progress in a linear fashion on everything.
1: Right. So essentially you like that, that style of increasing density because of,
0: well, so a couple of different things. Number one, because one of your goals is to burn body fat. Right. Um, by doing more work in a set amount of time, it's more metabolically demanding, mm. right? Um, we're, we're involving more muscle tissue. Uh, and so it, it accomplishes um, a few different things. Obviously, if we're doing the EMOM, so every minute on the minute, um, you'll run into the thing where when you keep adding reps, if the reps still take about the same amount of time, mm-hmm. that means then your rest period is shorter. Right? So if, yeah. if 10 reps, let's say, took you um, 20 seconds, yeah. um, when you're up to 15 reps, well now you're only probably getting like 25 seconds of rest instead of 40 seconds of rest, right? So you're actually getting more work in, which takes more energy, it, it causes more metabolic disruption in the body, like there's more for you to recover from, okay. there's more waste products, yeah. you know, more burn and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, this type of training has been shown to, uh, increase growth hormone, which helps keep your skin looking young and all that jazz, but also helps burn body fat. Okay. Um, you know, it's a complex like chemical process in Interesting. the body, okay. but, um, the higher your growth hormone, uh, production is yeah. right. And it tends to decrease as you age. Um, the easier it is to get rid of body fat, mm-hmm. um, and the easier it is to build muscle. Right. Interesting. Then the other thing we run into because you're ending up with a fair amount of volume per exercise um, at a reasonable amount of load. uh, It's the type of thing that will build muscle. And if you've got more muscle mass, you'll even if you weigh exactly the same, Mm -hmm. um, more muscle is more uh, metabolically active, which means it burns more calories at rest. Right. Because if you. uh regardless of what the scale says, right? If you've got 10 pounds more muscle, you're going to burn more calories doing nothing than uh, if you weighed exactly the same, but it was 10 pounds of fat. Mm. Right? So what we're doing is like, I call it steering the ship. Um, By doing things that have a little bit more caloric demand Mm -hmm. that, you know, uh, are... Increasing your conditioning, um, building muscle, they're all tipping you in the fat burning direction, right? Okay. So it's not a thing where, you know, it's just one thing, but it's a bunch of things. Cool. Um, and that's so, so, uh, escalating density is an ideal that Charles Stolley, uh, he's a pretty well known coach. Um, most, most of the ideas that, that I, have, I might put a spin on them. Mm-hmm. Um but I've stolen them from somebody smarter than me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I mean it's interesting because um you know after listening to you and then I go on YouTube I start to hear the things you saying coming out of their mouths. I'm like, and that's where you got it <laughs> right?
0: well, but, the, but that's the thing. It's yeah. like good ideas, right? Um are simple. They're simple. Um and and the thing comes in is that uh when you hear people uh talking about athletic training and it sounds like a bunch of gobbledygook or or like buzzwords or all that kind of thing it it's almost a, a thing where you should immediately turn around and go away um when you start seeing like strength coaches um talk about a lot of the same things it's because now they're all talking about the stuff that works. Yeah. Right.
1: I'm hearing the same things of doing a hip hinge, a press, a pull, a squat. Um, hang on. Um, loaded carry, right, for your core. Uh, like it could be a, a suitcase, you know. Yep. Suitcase, farmers, yeah. rack. Uh, I love rear stepping lunges or mm-hmm. one-legged work. Yep. Um, did I get them all? Yep. Yeah. All, all the big ones. So yeah. 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 So, um Really simple, can be boring as heck, but at the end of the day, it really does work. And that's what we're doing. Yeah. And who doesn't like simple and less time? Yeah. because it's the 80-20 rule.
0: Yeah. It's stripping it down to what works.
1: Here's what I love. Newbie gains. So what I mean by that is the more that you do things that are new to you that you suck at, you will experience such quick gains in a relatively short amount of time. mm mm-hmm. For example, rear stepping lunges, I sucked at that, especially with my knees, right? Like even without a weight, I was all wobbly, uh, couldn't balance, and was weak. Now I can do that. You had me doing that the other day for the first time. Was it with one kettlebell, 35-pound squat yep. and then kettlebell? Yeah. Yeah. So I did that. And uh, it was good. You, mean you just have to concentrate, right? But um, pretty strong working as a unit. hmm so that's one example, but oh, ab roller couldn't yep. do one at the climbing gym about a year ago. I remember I tried it; I just flopped in my face. I'm like, "Fuck this! You know why am I doing this shit?" I, obviously, my core wasn't strong, and I don't know how I got into it. I think it was here. And he just had me do it. And I think I was already getting stronger from the kettlebell swinging. I think that was what gave me a little bit more strength than normal. Or we were doing a lot of core work with the resistance bands and the leg raises. And I was just getting better at it. Yep. Then I tried the ab roller. And I'm like, oh, I could do it. I could do a couple. Now, I think I could probably do do seven. Pretty good. Now, I did like seven times. How many sets? Times five. So, I did 35. So, I was really tired um like you know i was thinking in my mind can i do 10 i'm like not now because i'm tired (laughs) it was at the end of my my pro my workout but that was another example of something that i really sucked at and then i quickly got good at so i can't emphasize enough doing the things that you're not used to
0: yeah like that's it it, it, there's sort of two prongs (laughs) like obviously you get good at what you do regularly right like there there's a mastery that comes Mm -hmm. um and So then there needs to be intelligent variation, Um, like throwing in new things that you have to develop a skill for, right? So we want to become very good at the basics, um, and then we can start adding variation. Uh, So that can be something like uh, you want to get good at just the basic two-hand kettlebell swing, right? And last month you did 10,000 of them. Yeah. Right? So then um well right now we don't have you doing anything that you, has you gripping cuz we're trying to get your hand to uh, give it some rest um but uh we might go into you know when when you're back with the uh, kettlebells uh one-handed swings um or learning how to do the snatch mm. right So initially when you do it, it'll suck (laughs) because you you, you don't know how to do it, right? You haven't got the rhythm and everything down. Yeah. But it's a new thing that is still a hinging pattern. Yeah. Right, a hip hinge. But it has other elements to it, right? Um, And uh, one-handed swing, for instance, because you were um, unilateral, like that just means one-handed, the weight wants to twist your body. Right, right. So now there's an anti-rotation element of the core firing that you don't get from the two-handed swing, um, and then it might be things like banded swings. We've done those a couple times because if you basically put one of the exercise bands through the handle of the kettlebell and you stand on the band, well, now you've turned it into a slingshot. So now you've got to when you you really got to snap with the hips to get it to elevate. But then the band slingshots it back down so you actually have like an a, a overspeed eccentric or negative, right? So it really is great for firing those fast twitch muscle fibers in the posterior chain, the hamstrings, butt, and lower back. Um, you know, so there's these variations um, and anytime you do something new, uh, you'll make those sort of quick gains.
1: And it transfers to other exercises. Um, I was really impressed with the Russian get up. Was it? The Turkish get up. Um, first time I did that a couple years ago, that was really awkward. I couldn't do it. I'm like, screw this. I'm walking away. Um, but honestly, I think what's really interesting is how I think a lot of the work we've been doing. Well, you know what? I'm going to jump in and say another important piece that has really elevated everything else is supersetting. Because we weren't doing that so much at the gym. We were always waiting for each other. Yeah. And that's actually been one of the, I think, key secrets about working out at home is...
0: We're both going at the same time.
1: Yeah. And we're not stopping. hmm Right? So, there really isn't a break. Pretty much with the every minute on the minute, you just keep going. Yeah. So, I'm a big fan of that because it's faster. Yeah. You get more work done.
0: Well, because if we, if we do a 30-minute workout, we did 30 sets of exercise.
1: It's pretty impressive. Whereas yeah. at the gym, it would take forever. We wouldn't, we wouldn't even do that much.
0: You know, because you're they're switching weights in between, and I'm spotting you. You're spotting me. And let's
1: face it, anything over five reps was considered cardio. cardio. <laughs> <laughs> now everything's way more than that, and cardio is, you know, the name of the game with our workouts. So I really like that. But to my point, I think super setting, I think, has really elevated what I can do because I remember when I was doing squats with a 45 pound weight or kettlebell I I wasn't feeling the burn in my thighs I was feeling the burn in my chest Mm -hmm. because my cardio sucked (laughs) you know so once I got over that then I found things like even with the thickest resistance band when I was doing good mornings right so you wrap it around your neck and you got out your feet and you're essentially lowering down and you're Coming. You're doing a hip
0: hinge against a band.
1: Yeah, so now I'm the first time I did that. I couldn't do it with that. Uh, with the thick band. With the thick one, I always had to go down to the medium one, right? After doing the ten thousand kettlebell swing challenge, I did it. I'm like, is this the hardest we have? Like, I thought I was missing out on something, right? I'm like, no, that's the hardest. I'm like, holy shit! So it was a nice what the fuck moment, mm-hmm. and. And I and after doing it a few sets, I'm like, "I need to add some weights, so I added twenty four pounds and then I start to feel the burn in my ham hamstrings, right, mm-hmm. But it's really amazing how much these exercises benefit across the board, you yeah. know, and how it just carries over. so I love that that to me is really rewarding when you start to experiment and do other things. I did a push up at one of my Sessions with Allison Goddard. She's my physiotherapist. She was doing a, an assessment of my strength, and this push-ups was the hardest one where you have your hands at your eyes, at eye level. I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> I did it. I'm like, oh my god, it's so weird, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So that was really rewarding because, and that was based off of at that time maybe four months of working with kettlebells. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. And. What I love about these workouts, every minute on the minute, this is a really great surprise, is that for 30 minutes of working out, you know you're doing a lot, you're done. Yeah. Aside from the warm-up, but so incredibly efficient.
0: Yeah. And the fact that because COVID has forced us to train at home, um, the amount of extra time we've gotten back in our lives, you know, because even when you were doing the 10,000 swing challenge, um, so you're training five days a week, the workouts were 31 minutes. Oh, it's nothing. So even with your warm-up, you're done in 45. Uh, and so you can fit that in whenever, right? And, you know, you didn't have to go um, change. You didn't have to go pick up the kids. You didn't, you know, because it's all being done at home.
1: And not have to negotiate with the kids. You're going to daycare. and You know, they're doing it with us. Yeah. So this has been a really, I guess that's another game-changer is the idea of working from working out from home, how much it can be so effective it can be.
0: Yeah, and one one of the bonuses of home workouts, um, especially and this really applies to people who like yourself, um, who are working from home, um, is now all of a sudden you can fit in micro workouts, right? Mm-hmm. Um so things like greasing the groove. Um, this is a technique uh where You take an exercise. We're just going to, for the sake of argument, pick push-ups. Let's say you can do, like if you gave everything you had, you could do 10 perfect push-ups. What you'll do is throughout the day, you're just going to drop and do three. um, Multiple times a day. You know, at least 15 minutes between sets. You want to be nice and fresh. Right? What you're doing is greasing the groove. You're practicing. Um, but over the course of the week, if you do that every day, um, you're getting in a fair amount of volume. Um, and before you know it, like you do that for a month, like five days a week, um, you went from being able to do 10 push ups to being able to do 30 push ups in a row.
1: That's going to be my new challenge. So, how many do I want to do at a minimum in a day? How many sets of three? Because if
0: you do like five to eight,
1: 5 to 8. Now, so, now,
0: how many perfect ones can so you do?
1: define perfect. All the way down. Yeah, you know this answer. Like it's not very good.
0: But then whatever whatever number Three. W- Yeah, so whatever number it is, like, like or
1: 4, 4.
0: 4. So
1: Like not my chest t- touching that ball, but yep. maybe out of the out of the 4 that I do with my chest touching the ball, I can yep. get two of them.
0: Yeah, so just start with onesies. <laughs> right seriously
1: I feel like I should put on a diaper or yeah. something in
0: you know because the the trick is is what you want is perfect practice okay right because you know so it's pretty at
1: this yeah
0: yeah because that's what you you don't want to practice bad habits that's what fair. you want to get good at is being good so you don't want to be pushing them till you know that that you can't get all the way down okay you basically just do one. A bunch of times a day. And then you'll find... So after how many of-
1: times a day? Eight, five to eight times a day? Yeah. You still same number? Okay. Yep. So I'm going to do that daily.
0: Yeah. And then when they start, it, it's like easy strength, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. Um, when that starts feeling easy... Right. Do two. Of course. Right? Yeah. And then when that starts feeling easy, do three. Right? Like you'll just gradually increase your right. volume with each set.
1: Yeah. Because you had... Um, there was a climber that was doing this at home on hang boards. Yeah. Right, and and he was just testing this concept, and by the end of it, he dramatically improved his his hangboarding.
0: And none of it was hard. Yeah. Like, basically, Emil Abramson. Um, uh, now, it's a study of one or two, because it was just him and his brother, right? It's not right. a big scientific study. But he based it off of reading some um, uh, like research papers. and went, oh, this would be an interesting. It was basically 10 seconds on, it was essentially e because he did 10 seconds on, 50 seconds off. So 10, 10 second efforts in 10 minutes, mm-hmm. twice a day. But they weren't weighted hangs or anything. He His feet were still on the floor. Yeah. Right? It was just loading the tendons repeatedly. Mm. Um, and he would do different... Uh,
1: Variations of that. Yeah.
0: Like three finger pocket, small edge, you know. Um, and after a month of doing that, uh, it was either like five or six days a week, twice a day but he's locked down, so it's like, what the fuck, why not? (laughs) Um, Went back and retested, Mm -hmm. and he was massively stronger, even though none of it was very hard, right? He he basically did the easy strength equivalent of uh, fingerboarding. So
1: so what's easy strength?
0: Okay, so Easy Strength is a book by Coach Dan John and Pavel uh, Satsulin. I think I pronounced his name right. Whatever, um, he's he's the crazy Russian who brought kettlebells to North America um, back in the late '90s, early 2000s, um, and the whole concept behind Easy Strength is frequent practice of uh, you know strength training. So, like five days a week. Um, there's a couple of little guidelines, like uh, you do a hinge um a push a pull uh an explosive movement like a kettlebell swing and then say alternate one day do ab wheel the next day do loaded carries yeah um, mm-hmm. so the workouts would take about 15 or 20 minutes a day um, okay uh your uh hinge some sort of deadlift um you'll do like a maximum of 10 reps so like two sets of five five sets of two three sets of three you know you can mix that up a little bit
1: but total total 10.
0: a day mm-hmm. uh, same thing with your pull and push so like do an overhead press and a pull up um uh you know do like 50 swings so you can do five sets of 10 like
1: and what know. kind of weights are you using like how what kind of effort should you um be
0: feeling? you know basically uh If you're talking percentages, it's like 50 to 80% of your max. Okay. Right. So the the whole concept behind it is frequent practice, but it's never very hard, right? Because like if you're using 60% of your max for five reps, that's easy, right? But if you look throughout the week, you're getting 50 deadlifts in. You're Uh getting 50, you know, weighted pull-ups. 50 overhead presses, mm-hmm. a bunch of swings, you know, mm-hmm. um, some some weighted carries and some ab rollers. Uh, and what you do is when that weight feels easy, up it a little bit. When it feels easy, up it a little bit, right? You don't have to go crazy. But what you'll run into is by taking your 50 to 80% load and moving it up, you move your one rep max up too. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really good for athletes because you still have plenty of energy to train, you know, you're not like having a problem walking away from the gym. Right. Yeah. Um, it's good for busy people, especially if you have a home gym or, you know, uh, because all you need, um, is, you know, something to do a hinge with. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you've got a barbell and some plates, um, uh, a few kettlebells boom, you've, you know, in a pull-up bar, um, you know, we're not talking any kind of like magic home gym, Mm -hmm. Um, and you just sort of do your work, and then get on with your day, Um, and so it's that kind of uh, frequent, unexerting, (laughs) which isn't even a word, um, but uh, non-strenuous practice,
1: and you've done this yourself? Yep. For con- and what what did you, what were the effects of
0: it? It just got stronger.
1: How much stronger? Like um, how much of an impact did you get from it?
0: <sighs> like, uh, you know, added 40 pounds to my weighted pull-up in two months.
1: Holy shit.
0: Um, my deadlift uh, went up in two months, like 60 pounds.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. Did you do that when, that wasn't with me though? No. That was years ago.
0: Okay, yeah. um, I did it at the shop. Got it. Uh, and I've actually done it a bunch of times over the years. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, maybe three. It's one of those things. It, it actually works so well that you think, ah, I can do something. then this is one of the things that Dan talks about regularly is people do it and it works so well that they go, oh, I can do something crazy now. So rather than just stick with what works, yeah, you know, they want to challenge
1: themselves. Yeah, they, they want to feel the burn. Yeah, they want to feel now that they've got this newfound strength. They want to like push, to see what their body's made they, of.
0: Yeah, they want to show off.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know,
0: um, and so it is. It's it's a fascinating kind of approach, uh, which is you know frequent sub maximal work um, doesn't take a lot of time, but it's every day. Yeah, or five days a week. Yeah, um, and huh. it. It's a, Go ahead. So
1: between that and the 10,000 kettlebell swing challenge, which is more effective?
0: Well, what's the goal? (laughs) Um, If the goal goal is to get stronger, then easy strength. Really? If the goal is to change body composition and get in better shape, then the 10,000 swing challenge. Mm. Right? So you run into the thing where when anybody asks, it's like, well, what's the best, you know, workout? Well, the, the answer is for what? right you know because if your goal is to get stronger then you know something like easy strength um you know if you were to say alternate cycles of easy strength with uh a more um conditioning oriented like kettlebell complexes so two months of one two months of another yeah right and alternated back and forth and twice a year through in the 10,000 swing challenge yeah you've got a killer program to be strong lean mobile and
1: all that Oh, you know what's a lot of fun is when you talk about cycles uh and what i mean by that is when you get towards the end of a cycle so it's usually could be four or five weeks could be considered a cycle it could be Mm -hmm. anywhere from between five to seven weeks something like that but the point is towards and you start to know when you're hitting hitting the end of it if it's something new because you start to feel fatigued right like you're like no matter what you do every day you're really really tired and you're dragging your butt, and it's not like it was, say, the first week. So then you do a deload week. That's a week where you just dial it back, maybe about to half, you know, fifty percent of what you can do. But you're still working out. What I always found to be a lot of fun is when you get back into the game, how much your uh, your your performance peaks. Yeah. How much it just skyrockets now that your body's had a chance to to rest and and recover.
0: Yeah, because uh, effectively, what you've done with like that four, six, eight weeks of training, whatever it happens to be, you've accumulated fatigue. And, uh, you know, by backing off a little bit, um, then what happens is the the fatigue dissipates, it goes away, and then all of a sudden you feel like, you know, a superhero. Because all that fitness you built, now you're realizing it. Mm -hmm. It's super compensation. Um, And you're right, you're having like a mini peak. So then when you get into the next cycle, you're like, holy shit, I feel great. I feel yeah. strong. I'm fast. I'm, you know, whatever it is you've trained for. Yeah. Um, and that's where, you know, uh, a lot of people work out and they feel they've had a good workout if they're like sweaty and tired. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and don't get me wrong. It, that fulfills rule number one, like of my training commandments, which it's better to do something than nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but if your goal, a if you actually have a goal, right, beyond some vague thing of oh, I'd like to look a little better for summer or, you know, I'd like to be a little stronger or whatever vague goal, but like a concrete, you know, I have an event I'm training for, mm-hmm. um, you know, then if you do have an event you're training for, then it becomes one of those things, you know, or a goal that you've got to set, you know, um, measurable, uh, you know, thing that you want to accomplish with a time, you know, there's a date that you're, you're doing, even if it's not like a signed up event, um, then all of a sudden what you do in each workout matters. It's not just about getting tired, right? you know, like if your goal was to lose body fat and I just had us doing a powerlifting program again. Your it fulfills rule number one, which is better to do something than nothing. <laughs> right. But it's not the most effective way to accomplish that goal. Yeah, right. Um, just the same as what we're doing now wouldn't be the best way to train for a powerlifting meet.
1: You know what'd be cool is if you did an article about that, like different workout plans for different goals. Because I, I don't think people realize how they can achieve better cardio fitness, not aside from just raising your heart rate, but there might be tricks like through tabata for example drills or maybe even through Emon's, that might be helpful but um or for if you want to increase your strength you know just the concepts of lower volume higher strength but you mm-hmm. know cycles or something like that. I, yeah. that I think that would be interesting
0: yeah like if you, i've, I've got a, an article on the website right now on training secrets for the outdoors right and i actually kind of break these things down a little bit mm-hmm. um there's so much to them that it's it's never it's hard to fit a whole bunch in one article but um, maybe I'll do an article on each thing how to get stronger how to get build your work capacity mm-hmm. right um, how to get leaner yeah because each one has its own yeah. and they're they're kind of interrelated um, and I think part of the reason why you're enjoying what we're doing now is it's not improving just one thing
2: yeah but it's true. improving
0: a bunch of things right because right? you're getting stronger at things yeah but you're also getting leaner you know, which a big part of that has to do with your diet too. Um, you know, which you've been very good about, you know,
1: at times. Yeah. 80, eighty twenty rule. Like if
0: you, yeah, if you can follow a good clean diet, 80% of the time, yeah, right. Follow a good program. 80% of the time you, you might not get there, you know, as fast as humanly possible, but you'll get there, right. You'll, you'll keep making progress. Um, I uh, wish I could
1: just do it 20% of the time, get it 80% of the game. <laughs> I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, maybe when you were 20. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, uh that's one of the 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 terrible things about getting older. Mm-hmm. The older you are, the more things you got to do right.
1: Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um especially with like injuries and warming up, right? Tight tight muscles, that's what I'm struggling with. Just trying to freaking you know work out my hands and my
0: well and see i think one of the worst parts for you is that um because you work from home now and your job is Ugh. sitting right
1: i'm struggling you yeah. have
0: like but the thing is we know like um a, a, because you walk past a pile of kettlebells multiple times a day
1: <laughs> i should have no excuse
0: <laughs> right take a light one and you know do one Turkish get up per side. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. that will get hip mobility, leg but mobility. But it's almost
1: having like the path or, or the 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 official plan <laughs> stated that you're doing grease the groove. You know what I mean? Like I'm serious. Yeah. See
0: that that's where I think maybe that's what I'll do is I'll actually write you out. I'll just add to your plan. Right. Like.
1: Oh, I've already decided. I'm doing this for a month. That's my next experiment. You know.
0: But but like the the things like like body maintenance. Um. Uh, I sort of take it From the standpoint That you know What you should be doing Yeah no. So you're an adult You should do it
1: Yeah That's discipline Yeah uh, That's why I have you Come over to work out with me Yeah Because I don't have The discipline And I just show up yeah. I literally just show up And you're sometimes you're like You're like grunting And you're like Isn't this great I'm just like so tired I'm like yeah whatever Like just shut up <laughs> I'm just doing it. And you're like How come you're not so happy Or energetic And I'm like I'm doing the work Yeah you know, you know, just, whereas
0: like I, I'm just enjoying my pain. My work. Well, it's not even with a lot of them. It's not even pain. Right. It's just it. like I'm just enjoying the movement. Yeah. Right. Because like what I'm doing right now isn't that painful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the only thing I get any burn from is push ups.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: You know. Yeah. Now, that's not entirely true because on my front squat day uh, where I've got 10 sets of front squats with yeah. double kettlebells. Um, That eats a bag of dicks and I do that twice a week. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But going back to goals, I mean, I think that is so important. I mean, I wouldn't do, you know, kettlebell five. I wouldn't do. How many was I doing in a week? 2,500 kettlebell swings in a week. Yeah. 500 a session for for fun. Like just, no, I did it because there was a challenge and I thought it was crazy. And I was curious as to, and I knew that you could get really good results. So let's talk about that. Okay. So. 10,000 Kettlebell Swing Challenge um, start. You know, is basically authored by coach Dan John in the U.S. You should check him out. He's pretty cool. He does them once or twice a year.
2: He
0: generally. does it a couple times a year yeah. himself.
1: And I'd like to do it at least once a year. Um, essentially, what it is, is that in a month, you will complete 10,000 kettlebell swings. And the way you broke it down for me was that I would do it five days a week. So 500 swings a session. In thirty-one minutes, Emon style, mm-hmm. every minute on the minute. So, every minute on the minute, four sets in a row.
0: You do twenty swings in a minute.
1: Yeah, and then the f- fifth uh, set or round, not round set, would be an alternative exercise. In my case, in one day I would do an ab, you know, ab roller. I probably do about five of them. Another day I might do body rows, ton of those. Another day they I would push-ups. do push-ups. So and then another 4 sets of kettlebell swings back to the alternate alternate exercise etc. So that's pretty much it takes 31 minutes easy peasy done. Mm-hmm. Um put on some you know gangster rap music. <laughs> it's the only time I hit listen to hip hop and rap music. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> but I like it when I work out. And that's it. So um let's talk about the results that was really cool. Um, in my case, by the way, I couldn't progress in weight. I started at 35 pounds. I started to have issues with my hand. My middle finger, the joint was inflaming. It was probably because of my broken elbow that I had about eight months earlier. Yeah.
0: Cause, so let, let's let take a step back with the hand. So you broke your elbow last year. Right. And then we were doing jujitsu uh, right. and, and striking training because, you know. Cross training and stuff. Uh, we don't know if it came from from that, that. but but it, it was after that that it seemed to start bothering. You
1: have it. a better memory than me. I should write this down. Yeah, uh, not only that, but I also have tennis elbow, and I think it's from my work from home setup because I wasn't using a proper chair. Because I did notice, and also when I started rock climbing again, and I hadn't done it for a while, mm-hmm. that I have to really warm up my elbows, otherwise I feel that, yep. that tennis elbow. So because I had that in both arms. And I think, anyways, long story short, although my elbow has fully recovered in terms of strength and mobility and everything, it's pretty strong. Um, what I can do, there are some pretty tight muscles around there that connect to that middle finger. Mm-hmm. And the joint is completely inflamed. It's, it, you know. And
0: it's only the one knuckle.
1: It's only the one fucking knuckle. It's
0: like, like it's that middle knuckle. Like if you were to punch somebody. It's telling
1: me to fuck off.
0: Yeah. But it's, but it's, <laughs> the, it's the punching knuckle. It's the yeah. one that you should hit with. Yeah, right. Which is why we thought it might have come from no. striking,
1: and I think it's it was aggravated, I had a bad memory of my broken elbow, and, yeah. and basically what was happening is because we're doing all this work with the kettlebells or with uh, rock climbing, it's um, all grip. It's all grip. Body weight's more than it can handle, and it doesn't like it. And um, anyway, so I couldn't progress to a forty-five pound kettlebell because of the grip strength that was needed. And when I did do it all, I did try. It really screwed it up so then at that point i was really nursing it trying to just finish the challenge because i was only in my second week mm-hmm. starting it so i started to use a lifting strap to try and ease the load on my grip and icing acupuncture you name it i did it so and sometimes an extra rest day um but i would so despite that the first week first day my ass was handed to me when i did the swing challenge
0: yeah you finished was it like 178 beats a minute
1: yeah, yeah, a few times I did that, yeah. Yeah, because we,
0: we, we looked at our heart rate, you know, yeah, got the yeah. fancy Yeah, and
1: towards to the end, it was like, it was hard to get it up. It was maybe 135. Yeah. Um, I lost seven pounds. It would have been more because I gained five pounds <laughs> during that time from Easter. I really enjoyed those cupcakes and all the carbs because I'm on a keto diet, right? So I really went to town. Um, I gained five pounds so i probably would have lost more i lost two inches on the waist i gained two inches around my traps like my chest Mm -hmm. maybe because i know how to flex might be lost some weight i guess um in my hip area um ab roll rolls were rollouts were much better Mm because i could do more what else i mean I think that was, and the fitness, the whole posterior fitness. So I talked about how when I do banded good mornings afterwards with the hardest um, resistance band, I could do it now, you yeah. know, and it'd be so easy. So overall, it was pretty good. It wasn't boring. Um, but if you're, had I been able to progress to 45 pounds, maybe even 52 pounds by the end of it, I think it would have been really phenomenal. I would have lost more weight. Because yeah. some people lose between 10 and 20 pounds doing it this. All,
0: yeah, and it depends... Uh, like the key is, uh, the way, the way Dan John originally set it up, it was like, you, here's what you need to get done. Just get it done. You auto regulate. Um, and so the way you do it is you do like a set of 10 swings, um, a set of 15 swings, a set of 25 swings, and then a set of 50, that's a hundred reps, mm-hmm. um, and then in between each, you do an alternate exercise and you just pace yourself however much you need to. Right. So the first time I ever did it was like about 45 minutes the first time. Mm-hmm. And I was down to just under half an hour by the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the way that I structured it for Catherine, it's just an emo, right? Because if, if you take out the, uh, you know, Am I ready to go? Not ready to go? Yeah. You know, it's just go when the beep goes. Yeah. You don't have the brutal set. Like you're not doing the sets of 50, which are brutal on the hands. Oh, yeah. Right. And the because, forearms, yeah. everything. Um, but you run into the thing where it's just super timely. Yeah. But because you don't have that um, uh, density increase that happens of doing the same amount of work in less time. I'd programmed it in, so the first week was just 35 pounds. And bear in mind that Catherine had regularly been using the 45-pound kettlebell or the 20 kilo. Uh,
1: yeah, I just progressed up to 52 pounds for all the squats.
0: And swings. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of those things where the the 16 kilo, which is what you used, uh, that was pretty easy for you. But you'd never done this amount of volume.
1: Yeah, because after doing like 20 swings, I felt it in my grip. Like it was hard to hold on even mm-hmm. though it was only 35 pounds yeah
0: um but uh I'd, I'd programmed in so then you know week two every fourth set you'd use the 45 pounds which i did yeah i started yeah.
1: and then and then my hand
0: and then week three every second set you'd use um uh, the 45 so two with 35 two with 45 right and then the last week you know would have been um one set with thirty five, one set with forty five, one set with thirty five, <laughs> one set with fifty two. Yeah, right. You know, so so there was a like a little progression built in. there. Yeah. Um, and so it's one of those things. Like you ran into by the by the end, it was easy.
1: It was easy. Yeah, you know, because it was you're, nothing.
0: Yeah, your body adapted to it. Yeah,
1: yeah. my body adapted even the first week. Mm-hmm. I that's why we progressed me forty five pounds, yeah. right? And the hardest part was when my hands started to screw around with me. We're like, okay, what are we gonna do? So we decided that I would alternate do a swing, or and then do goblet squats. Mm -hmm. Which goblet squats, by the way, are harder than swings. Like when you're in terms of cardio fitness, like yeah, because your core's engaged the entire time. so so I I felt like okay, this this is at least fair. I still pissed me off Um, that I I missed out on half the swings doing frigging goblet squats. You know, like, I, I wanted to do the challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found that to be the hardest, the hardest extra um, session of all of all of them. I could not even get into the groove. Because mm-hmm. I was thinking about how freaking hard it was. I got to, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was so non, it, there was no rhythm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There was no zone or flow state. <laughs> I hated it. So from a mental perspective, I hated it. Where you complained about being bored. Yeah, I like that. It was very meditative when I just did them.
0: Well, and one of the things, and I would never recommend anybody do this, A, if you're not really good at swings already, um, but it runs into the thing where it's a great illustration of high-frequency training, right? It does away with the idea of that when you work a muscle group, um, because swings hit your pretty much everything in your whole back plus your grip, Mm. um, that... Then you've got to, you know, make it, let it completely recover before you work it again. Um, if you do more moderate, you know, this is a, this is a specific challenge. Um, but if you do more moderate um, workouts, um, you know, and this is something like easy strength, right? It's high frequency training, mm-hmm. right? It's not, because there, there's sort of the, the idea you can go hard, you can go long or you can go often. You just can't do them all at the same time. Right. You know, and there there is something um, that a lot of people, you know, because people are, uh, a lot of people's idea, particularly about any type of resistance training, is informed by bodybuilding ideas, right? That you work muscles, you know, and you know, you break the muscle down and then you got to let the muscle rebuild itself and you got to have your protein shake and, um, but if you think about people who work for a living, like manual labor, they get really strong, you mm-hmm. know, with mm-hmm. a lot of work capacity, right? Because they can true. work for eight hours or longer. Um, and they're doing the same shit every day. It's true. Right? Your body yeah. adapts. Um, so it comes into a thing where, uh, you know, By mixing things up over time, so you might have a period where you do something like easy strength. So no one workout is that hard, but you're doing it frequently. Hmm. Then you might have uh, a period where you do full body three times a week uh, with some accessory work on off days, right? Um, And maybe these workouts are ass kickers, right? Things like, you know, that I'm a big fan of, like kettlebell complexes, um, where you'll do, say, like five cleans and then five snatches and then five presses and five squats, that's one set. Then you put the weight down, right? You don't do, uh, you know, do a set and then put it down, do a set, you know. It's like you're doing these complexes of multiple exercises together um, and, but because you're hitting different movement patterns, you run into the thing where, um, the system takes a load, right? There, you'll get huffing and puffing doing them, but individual muscles aren't being completely taxed. Right. So, Cause so, you're,
1: you're spreading it out. Yeah. I love that.
0: You know, and yeah, so works, that, that's another great. way where, those are really demanding on your whole system. But, yeah. But they're great for building muscle, burning fat. Yeah. Increasing fitness. And because they work all of these things together.
1: And, and especially if you're flowing from one exercise to the other, it teaches your body how to train as a unit. Yeah. The more that you move as part of your exercise rather than just doing something statically.
0: Yeah. I and love
1: that. That's why I love things like rear stepping lunges and the Turkish get up.
0: Weighted carries. Um. Yeah. Like, Because you've got to move. Right, yeah. like you're moving through space. You're not just, you know, doing a bicep curl. Nothing against bicep curls; they're a good accessory exercise if you, you know. But
1: won't. even even pressing with the gobble, um the kettlebells, mm-hmm. because they're awkward. Yeah, and it requires so much more strength and stabilization in your shoulder girdle, and you know, keeping it all tight in your core and breathing and. It's 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 a whole new level, really. Yeah. of and exercise. Th- it's
0: one of the things I love about the the kettlebell presses, like the overhead presses, um, is they're really demanding, like on the whole body, because they you've got this odd shaped object, right? Unlike a nicely balanced dumbbell, mm-hmm. um, but because the pathway that your arm moves or your shoulder moves, mm-hmm. it's also one of the kindest things on the shoulder joint. Um, so Mm. it's, from a training standpoint, one of the most demanding because it hits a lot of different things. Um, but it also is kind Mm -hmm. to the shoulder. Mm -hmm. Um, so that combination I think can be really, uh, really effective. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, a couple of other little things for people to think about, um, is, if you what are you doing
1: I'm taking a picture keep oh. going
0: um it totally threw off my
1: <laughs> I'm sorry uh. sorry another thing you can do
0: yeah is um think of movement snacks mm. right because most people um would like to be a little leaner um just feel better move better Mm -hmm. obviously we speak to an outdoor audience so would like to do their outdoor things better um but not everybody you know or very few of the people listening are probably like competitive athletes that's right right if you are you know hey send me a line You know, contact us, leave a comment, whatever. Um, If you want us to get really in-depth on that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Because I'm happy to do that as well. Um, But for most people, um, what they're looking for is GPP, General Physical Preparedness, (laughs) right? It's being pretty strong, pretty mobile.
1: It feels great. Pretty
0: lean, you know? Yeah. Um, And that's where uh stopping thinking about um you know any one thing right and and it's developing like a movement practice
2: mm-hmm.
0: right um so uh we'll do you know some mobility and original strength um uh you should get the book original strength you know or pressing reset there's a few Tim Anderson um uh they just get you moving better, right? Um, things like rolling, crawling, um, what babies do. Yeah. You know, and I keep it,
1: thinking we should do like a, a little promo with you in a diaper.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you want to see. Um, but, but that idea of the developmental cycle that babies went through yeah. to get strong enough to be able to stand up and walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and because there's both the physical element and then the neurological element, learning how to move their body. Um, so original strength has you doing a lot of those same things, you know, crawling, rocking, rolling. Um, I find it makes me just feel good.
1: It does. Um, you know, there's some things that I don't do enough of, which is um, stretching my my forearms, right? So when you're obviously in the crawling uh, mode and you're swinging back and forth, right? Um to your you know with bring your butt down to your knees and back the and rocking, forth yeah. rocking back and forth uh it's really good for my arms and my hands yep especially opens up your hips yeah yeah and then even just looking up down side for your neck we don't do enough neck rotations but you brought up a good point too about neural um, connecting the the neur- neurological system right like i'm having this trouble right now where i can't bend my toe yeah And Allison, my physiotherapist, um, was showing me that, okay, put it in the position manually and now push against it. And after doing that a couple times, it actually did move. Mm -hmm. Like, look at that, you know, and we were pretty excited about it. But it was just getting that connection to, or getting it to reconnect. It really is something. And it was almost like, um, yeah, same thing, a lot of women have weak um, glutes, right? And you often get your massage therapist to do that test where they try and get you to you know, lift your leg up your or your thigh, bring your knee to your chest, and they'll try and push it in the opposite direction. And, and if it if they can push it out of the way, your glutes aren't activating. But then they do a couple things to get you to activate your glutes. And then it's working. And I always thought it was like a stupid circus trick, you know, <laughs> like you're, you're, you're bullshitting me, you're not pushing as hard. But I, you know, but it's, it's true. It's working, mm. right? So there is a difference. So I find that is really interesting. So people can wrap their heads around the fact that I'll, probably there's a few muscles in your body that aren't activating because you don't use them.
0: Well, and here's the thing you run into. If you sit a lot at your job, you sit driving mm. to work, you know, before COVID. Um, so you didn't have to sit at home. Uh, but, you know, if you sit a lot, your leg and your upper body um are at 90 degrees. So and when a muscle is shortened, it tends to tighten. Yeah. So your hip flexors which lift your leg up mm-hmm. um they shorten and then your glutes turn off cuz you're just sitting on them. You know, just kind of like resting on your elbow, you know how your hand falls asleep?
2: Yeah.
0: Your ass falls asleep. So uh and then we tend to be inward rotated on the shoulders, right? On keyboards and phones and all that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So by doing things that open up the chest and shoulders, right? Mm-hmm. Like lifting the head and rocking and those types of things. Um, uh, a lot of strengthening movements like face pulls, body rows, mm-hmm. um, even just hanging from a pull-up bar mm-hmm. um, really opens up the the shoulders and upper thorax. Mm-hmm. Um, then a lot of, uh, you know, Glute activation will get the hip flexors to relax, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Lunges, glute bridges, um, banded walks, you know, get the band around um, your upper thigh, just above your knee.
1: Yeah, that's amazing.
0: Um,
1: I did a lot of the lying down on my side. Clamshells. That activates my glutes. That plus with the, again, with the band around my thighs, doing the uh, glute raises, Mm -hmm. right? Glute bridges um i remember if i when i did that for about two weeks that significantly improved my deadlifting because i remember when i was doing the deadlifts my lower back would always be incredibly tight and sore in the middle of you know yeah because it's doing too much work it is and then that strengthened it enough to get rid of that yeah i was amazed
0: but that that's the thing it's like those if you if you Obviously, you've got some calf issues and, you know, the the, the hand issue, right? So there, there are localized issues that people run into. Um, but I found, and this is sort of that 80-20 rule again, <laughs> um, most people I run into, mm-hmm. um, if we open up the hips, like get more mobility in the hips mm-hmm. and activate the glutes. And Solves a lot of problems. Open up the shoulders and strengthen the upper back. mm mm-hmm. um, Eighty percent of their problems are gone. Yeah, right. It's just so simple.
1: And I can speak about the knees firsthand. I mean, I stage four osteoarthritis in my right, and stage two in my left. So I'm shy away, you know, from a knee replacement. So I'm trying to avoid that. But yeah, definitely the strength training has helped tremendously. You know, because there was a time that I couldn't walk down a flight of stairs, any step. Without holding on to the railing, I mm-hmm. just couldn't. Right, so I knew there was something wrong. Um, but the glutes, the glute training, the strengthening has done a lot of work on that.
0: And know? it makes your butt look better.
1: It does, yeah. But yeah. you move as a unit, yeah. right? I mean, I just want to go back to another, um, you know, test. You know, for me in my case, with my knees being weak and my glutes not activating, if I did, was to do a push-up, right? So when you're doing a push-up, you want to activate your core, your butt. And bring your feet together and squeeze. Mm-hmm. And just the squeezing motion of my butt or my thighs couldn't do it without it not hurting my knee. It was really weird. And it took me uh, maybe about a week for that to go away after training or maybe a week and a half. It took a bit of time. But then it, it went away. Mm-hmm. So I think it was clearly like it just wasn't waking up. I couldn't do it. Or even doing the ab rollouts. You, you know, you want to curve your back a bit. Tight, tight core, but tight butt. Yeah. Tightening the butt was another, almost like a barrier. It was hard for me to do that. I just couldn't mentally do it, even though I try, try, try. But eventually, and you know it's starting to work when your lower back's not hurting anymore.
0: Yeah. And this is one of the simplest things. If somebody has back problems, like you, you know, and this isn't medical advice, go see your doctor, all that jazz. Um, But uh, if you strengthen your butt Um, so the glutes can actually do the job of the glutes and stabilize the pelvis and you strengthen your core. Um, and I think the two best things for that are, uh, ab rollouts, um, or you can even do walkouts, like basically Hmm. get in a push-up position on your knees and just walk your hands away from your body, keeping everything tight as shit. So you don't fall on your face. Why, and basically, as you get stronger, you can walk further and further away and then walk yourself back. Um, because what we're trying to do is resist extension of the spine, right? Bracing there. And then the other one that's super important is suitcase carries mm-hmm. um, kettlebell, dumbbell, super heavy bag. <laughs> um, you pick it up in one hand mm-hmm. and walk. Mm -hmm. keeping your torso straight. Don't let your body tip tip off to the side. You know, keep your head up, good posture. Um, And what you'll run into is it basically is trying to reduce that sideways flexing. Yeah. Um, The QL muscle, which is a muscle that connects from your pelvis up to your rib cage, covers your kidneys kind of thing. Um, The suitcase carry is one of the best ways to strengthen that. Um, And a lot of these internal, you know, like the transverse abdominalis, which mm-hmm. is under your abs. Yeah. Um,
1: so what kind of a weight would you do if somebody's starting out? Um,
0: 10, 15 pounds. doesn't have to be a lot.
1: Okay, that's absolutely just starting out. But what yeah. if you work out already?
0: Well, it, it, I, I hate to give numbers. What, what r- kind of
1: an effort do you want to feel?
0: Um, because you're going long, right? Like we want to do at least 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, then, uh, like the goal you work up to, um, is being able to do it uh, for a minute with half your body weight in your hand, mm-hmm. right? So that's the goal you're working towards. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I I uh, rather than sort of pick a weight because it, it's impossible not knowing where somebody is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just a big fan of progressive overload. So start low.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so if you do workout regularly, grab 20 pounds. You know like it, it, say if you are working it out out at home now that the weather's starting to get a little better um and uh go out walk the length of your backyard and back switch hands length of your backyard and back do multiple sets that way mm-hmm. you know um uh what
1: kind of a fatigue do you want to feel
0: um you basically it, it, to begin with what we want the hand that doesn't have the weight in it Poke your obliques, your side on the other side. Mm-hmm. What we want is just everything firing, right? I don't really care how fatigued you are to begin with. You just want it to fire, and I want you to focus on good posture, upright, braced core. You know, shoulders back. C- keep the weight, you know, engaged. Mm-hmm. Like you're, so it's a little bit out from you. You know, it's not banging into your thighs. Um, and then just progressively overload. Work your way up, mm. right? Um, that's what I'd rather see than, you know, somebody like killing themselves the first time out. Okay. Right. Because you can always do more later.
1: And, and quite honestly, you'll get more gains. I've always gotten more gains and stuck with it doing less, like not killing yourself basically.
0: Yeah. Because here's a, again, we're coming back to the 80, 20 rule. Um, when it comes to killing yourself, right. um, No more than 20% of your workouts each week or should feel, uh, you know, like, oh, man, that was a smoker.
1: Or have your heart rate in the red zone, like when I go mountain biking. Yeah. (laughs) So when we go mountain biking and we're having so much fun, we go for like an hour and a half, almost two hours, and my heart rate's in the red zone, so I'm usually around like average 150 heart rate for the whole time, which you look at me and say... And you're going to work out or you're, you're like, just don't do that more than once a week, basically. Yeah. So that's, you know, what, that's what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. Like basically, so it's one of those things where most of your, and this is why some people don't like the idea uh, or the phrase workout, right? Um, because it sort of came from like old time strongy men going, oh, that person worked themselves out, meaning you, you totally exhausted yourself. yeah. Um, but I actually like, I'm taking it back because everybody knows, has an idea of, You know, they call it working out. Um, What it should be is 80% of it should just be work. You're just punching the clock, right? You're you're getting your reps in. You're getting your miles in. You're getting whatever in, right? Focusing on, like, quality movement. And then 20% of it should be the stuff that looks good in a Gatorade commercial, right? (laughs) The sweating and the huffing and puffing and the...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the maximum maximal effort or
0: or, or, hard. or, or harder. Harder. actually
1: yeah. you even want to be careful about that, but yeah. You know, I hear what you're saying. You know,
0: so because it it's a thing where where it's just putting in the work. Yeah. Um over a long period of time, right? Think of it as building a wall um one brick at a time, you know? Or I I always use the the uh moving a mountain of sand yeah I give you a shovel and a wheelbarrow, yeah, and it's like I want that like thirty foot thirty foot high pile of sand, I want it over there, and so you do some wheelbarrow full, right, and you you move it and you dump it over there, and then you look at the pile and it doesn't look like you've done anything, but if you just keep coming back day after day and you move a few wheelbarrows full then in a month, 6 months, a year, 5 years.
1: Time flies.
0: Right? Then it's a thing where you're like holy fuck, I'm strong. I'm fast. <laughs> I'm you know whatever whatever it is you're working towards because it's um, like
1: me, my move, I'm packing up, yeah. doing bit by bit. <laughs> yeah.
0: But but this is the thing, anybody who's um uh achieved a very high level uh in any athletics um it's going to come down to two things. Um, number one um, is genetics, right? And there's nothing we can do about that. Um, if you're built like a draft horse, um, you're not going to be <laughs> a, a, a great sprinter. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you might be good at moving fridges. Um, so, so there's not a lot you can do about your genetics. Like, if you're 5'4 and kind of a, a slight bone structure, you're never going to win the World's Strongest Man competition, right? Like, these are just genetics. Um, but the other one is um, just that putting in the time, right? It takes smart, you know, moderately hard work for a long period of time to... to Reach your genetic potential, right, and the the thing is, most people just never put the time in like mm-hmm. they you know it's like you need to learn to love the process because on a on a daily basis, you know, weekly basis, there isn't like this massive change.
1: well, I think that's why we wanted to do this episode is that these tips that we talked about today were some pretty strong payback. Or returns in mm-hmm. a short amount of time um, for many different reasons, mm-hmm. and and so you know that's what keeps you motivated, and that's what keeps me really intrigued and wanting to deep dive on YouTube and learn more about the philosophy and what so and so doing, mm-hmm. and you know um, because again I'm all about the the newbie gains and trying something new that you suck at because knowing now that I know you'll get good at it quickly, yeah, you know that's rewarding,
0: yeah, you know. And that's the thing. And take that as a, a, a an approach to life. A lot of people don't try things because they're afraid they're not going to be good at them. Right? Well,
1: everybody sucks at stuff.
0: Yeah, but that that's yeah. one of the things I've never understood. Why would anybody expect to be good at something you've never done before?
1: They're just conditioned to right? fear rejection or
0: yeah, like incompetence. You, when, you Yeah. If you go into it with the idea of, of course I suck. I don't know anything. (laughs) Right. And, and you go into it with that like learner's mindset or, you know, so that, that you have the access to the newbie, the newbie gains. Right. And that you make this quick progress, um, you know, and understand though, and where the window of newbie gains, um, ends and you become an intermediate varies depending on the activity you're doing. Um, but you are going to run into the thing where you will reach a point, whether it's six months or a year in, um, that it stops coming quickly, right? Then that's when the grind starts, right? And you just basically. But, you, but, it,
1: but there's always endless ways, I think, that you can elevate your training, right? You can add resistance bands to your push-ups, for example, well, uh, uh, or you can you know do things quicker or add. You know, oh, yeah, don't pump, get me don't get me know?
0: wrong. I I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, that there's, there's ways that you can add variety and and variation in there, but take, say something like, um, you know, just a basic movement, right? Um, like a deadlift. Um, when you're a beginner, every time you go in, you can add weight. Yeah. Right. And, uh, then, you know, when you become an intermediate, it's like you can add weight every month. (laughs) and then when you become advanced then you can add weight um, every quarter yeah you know (laughs) yeah and even then it sort of cycles up and down so it's just it's just sort of developing that understanding that the more advanced you get at something Mm -hmm. the closer you are to your genetic potential um, the more you have to do right and the slower the progress is going to be right because you have less capacity to reach to your limit right you know so that's just a thing to be aware of you know and for any of us that are now just looking at sort of general all around fitness mm-hmm. then you can rotate through things and still see some good progress because you're you are you're not sticking with just one thing that's sports specific anymore right yeah. because you're, you're doing the different things for their own joy not just for yeah uh, you know trying to to accomplish a one specific task yeah so, so. hopefully you guys got something out of this yeah uh, let
1: us know let us know what your uh you know your favorite go-to body hacks are
0: yeah because this is sort of scratched the surface
1: yeah it's really fascinating yeah you know it, so
0: and you know we're gonna do a longevity episode at some point too Yes. Um, yes, there's you know. a
1: good one on that. And um check out Winston's article. What's it called?
0: Uh fitness. Uh what what is it called?
1: Fitness something. It'll be in the show notes. But also yeah. check out our um couple kettlebell articles that R- Winston wrote. Fitness game
0: changers. That's what it's called. That's it. Yeah.
1: And then he wrote a couple other articles about uh, kettlebell training for the outdoor athlete which is really good
0: yep and um, then uh, and we
1: did a podcast on that yep. which is really good a lot of people like that one um, we're big fans
0: of kettlebells yes and plus and, they're our sponsor by the way
1: yeah check them out Yep, not yes. only for kettlebells but for other stuff too yeah
0: because Catherine just bought uh, a club for her son i uh, did oh, a mace all right
1: what was it five pound seven pound mace
0: yeah what's funny because i already have a like a a 15 pound mace. Yeah. Right. And Just we got one like quarter of his weight. Yeah. It was too heavy for Hudson to pick up. So we thought, oh, let's get a little mace for him. What's funny though, because we got it from Great Lakes Giria. Um, that's who we get our kettlebells from as well. Um, if you use code live wild for a 5% discount. <laughs> um, I, I feel like such a real podcaster having promo codes. Um, but it was funny because you got that for him. Right. And when you compare it to my mace, yeah. the handle is like 50% thicker so the ball is it actually on the
1: thicker?
0: yeah, it's like like a thicker diameter.
1: Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: what I was joking about. Um oh God, it's like a baby mace, but like you know, because the ball on the end, it's basically a mace is a big steel pipe um, with a, a weight welded on the end, like a shot put welded on the end, and you swing it around. It's kind of like barbarian training. It's awesome. Um, but uh, you know, I picked the thing up and it's like kid's gonna end up with like great grip (laughs) beware yeah get
1: ready for jiu-jitsu
0: and and just clubbing people
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh no you know anyway
0: yeah so uh stay tuned and and, like uh, share
1: subscribe you know you know
0: all all of all of the social media influencer things i don't know how it works yeah i just talk a lot So until next time, um, work hard.
1: (laughs) Work hard, play dirty. Yeah. Bye bye.
0: See ya.